my wife and I, Tina, were praying one night about this, tears in our eyes, like, God, what should we do? And then the next day I go into work and they fire me. And they fired me. And so at first I'm like, yo, what if this is God, you know? And my wife was like, it better be God. What do you mean you hope this is God? It better be God. One of the most famous verses in the Bible is Proverbs 3, 5, which says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But what does trust in the Lord even mean? Or take 2 Corinthians 5, 7, which says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. How do you practically do that? Or maybe even more fundamentally, what from a biblical perspective is faith? And why does faith matter? Why does the Bible seem so obsessed that we need to have it? Does trusting in the Lord truly help people navigate the pain of life? Is there a difference between biblical faith and blind faith? I like that one. Well, to answer those questions, let me introduce you to a brother of mine who is the epitome of walking by faith. He's a Christian rapper who is killing the game right now. My dude, Miles Minnick. Miles, my man, how we doing? I'm doing great, bro. How are you? I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. So if my friend here might not know who you are, tell us a little bit about Miles Minnick and your like meteoric rise in Christian rap. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, my name is Miles Minnick. I'm from the Bay Area, Northern California. I'm a husband, a father, a four. Come on. Four, no more. Final four. <laughs> you are, you know. Christian hip-hop artist. Uh, I've worked with everybody you could think of. Bizzle, Lecrae, 1K Few, What Up RG, Wan Day, um, and everybody else in yep. between. Uh, we've been blessed to have a movement uh, called Glow Nation that's birthed out of the Bay Area. We have our own festival called Glow Fest, uh, which we were able to sell out two years in a row. Come on, somebody. And uh, it's just a blessing to be used by the Lord in this way, man. So you and I met when you came with me to Israel. And mm -hmm. since then, you've, like you said, you've done stuff with Lecrae. Yes. I mean, what has life been like in the past year and a half? Okay, in the past year and a half, it's been, it's been different. It's been different ever since we came back from Israel, mm -hmm. ever since Jerusalem. And you told me, you warned me, you said, hey, I'm not going to lie. Every time somebody comes to Israel, when they go back home, Everything changed. This is different. This is different. They go from A to Z, different level. And you are not lying, bro. Uh, when I came back, my career, social media platforms, everything just started multiplying. Like, out of nowhere, out of the blue. Not only that, but also my methods and, and my passion. Everything just started going crazy. And so uh, I've been on the road nonstop, mm. traveling across the country, out of the country, several different tours. Um, I just... And it's... Bro, it's, it's just been nonstop. Let's go. And I'm grateful for it, man. Praise God. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're talking about some some uh, some heady stuff. What is faith? And I think what's nice is that the Bible kind of actually answers that question. So, but I, I think we've heard this verse so many times that we can kind of glance over it. Mm -hmm. So Hebrews 11.1 1 answers the question, what is faith? And it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, let me read that again, because I think we just, we've heard it so many times. Mm -hmm. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance. That doesn't sound like wishful thinking. When I was thinking about this conversation, one thing kept coming up to me was, if you look through scripture, let's take politics out of it. Mm. God 
promises over and over and over that he's going to bring the Jewish people back to their land. Yeah. From Deuteronomy to, to Ezekiel, I mean, God is kind of obsessed with the idea that, hey, I'm going to do this thing regardless. It's not for mm-hmm. your namesake, O Israel. I'm going to bring your people back. But I was just in Spain a few weeks ago with my family, and we went to this one of the few remaining synagogues in Spain because they were all destroyed during the Spanish Inquisition in 1492. I'm standing in this basically destroyed synagogue, mm. and I was thinking to myself, this should have been the end of that promise. Or a few years ago, before that, I was in the Czech wow. Republic, and there's a synagogue in Prague that wasn't destroyed because Hitler wanted to use it as a museum to the extinct Jewish race. Mm. That should have been the end of the story. Or you and I were in Magdala in a synagogue that was destroyed in the year 67 AD, 2,000 years ago. Yes, sir. That should have been the end of the story. But when the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob makes a promise against all hope, against all reason, Mm. he keeps it. And so to me, faith looks a lot more like trust. Like, I, it's not just like, oh, like, I have faith. It's no, like, I trust mm-hmm. in God. And so to me, faithfulness is a lot more like, I believe in the faithfulness mm-hmm. of Yeshua of Nazareth. I believe in the faithfulness of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's not just, you know, make a wish upon a star. I have trust. It, it's, it's, it's much more personal than that. Mm-hmm. So let me ask mm-hmm. you this. To you, what... What is faith for you? Because I know you're, you know, a huge advocate of faith in God. Yeah, absolutely. Faith, faith to me is everything, man. It's everything. I try to live by faith, walk by faith. I have many different stories on how believing God, trusting God, going out on the extreme edge and how it's paid off for me. And even even as in the past few years, like I remember, I remember it was a few years ago, back when I was working at a bank. Uh, and my wife just had a baby. She wasn't working. We were living off one income, and it was a it was a struggle in this season for us to be able to pay our rent and all of our bills and everything. And so it was one day, the rent was due, and I had maybe half of the rent available to me. So I had I had nowhere near enough to pay the rent. But I said, you know what, God, I'm gonna trust you with what I do have. I'm gonna put what I do have in the offering by faith, mm. and I'm going to believe that you're going to show up for us. And, bro, it was like the last day of the grace period, too. Like, if God didn't show up, I don't know what would have happened. And so put the money in the offering, went home, took an after-church nap. How many of y'all know about that after-church nap? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> after-church nap. And before I knew it, I was awakened by a knock on my door. Somebody showed up at my door with four times no. my rent money. Four times my rent money out of nowhere. He wasn't prompted. He wasn't asked. Nobody texted him. Nobody called him. Nobody notified him. He showed up at my door with wow. four times my rent. The same day where I said, God, I trust you by faith, because we all know faith is also an action word. I'm going to put this on it, put this attached to my faith, and God showed up for me. So faith for me has always been something I lived by, and it's not a last resort for me. It's like, God, I trust you. Whatever you want to do, let's do it. Tell the story of uh, of Lecrae. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh my goodness! Okay, so so for me, this was like ten years ago. Ten years ago, I went to a Lecrae concert, and Lecrae. I mean, for those of you guys who don't know who Lecrae, you know who Lecrae. I think everyone watches this. Yeah, knows everybody Lecrae. knows who Lecrae. He's like the the Jay Z, if you will, of Christian hip hop, right? Yeah. So I went to a Lecrae concert, 
in San Francisco, and I was determined to meet him. So determined that after the concert, uh, me and my friends waited by his tour bus for several hours. But uh, after he came out, he's shaking everybody's hand, dabbing everybody up, and I had ten dollars to my name at that time, and I said, you know what, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna sow a seed. I'm gonna sow a seed. Uh, and so when he shook my hand, I put ten dollars in his hand, and he's like, young yeah, man, I can't take, I can't take this. I said, no, I need you to take it because I sow where I want to go. Mm. I know one day God is gonna have my life look a lot like yours, and I'm putting a seed on. It. I'm attaching my faith to this, hoping one day it'll happen. And then nine years after that, me not reaching out to him, not calling Reach Records, not trying to wiggle my way into situations or doors, he hits me in my DM, not knowing it was me from years ago putting the money in his hand. He contacts me and is like, yo, I love the movement. Wow. I love the music. How can we work together? I want to get on a song with you. Send me some beats. No. Send me some beats. And so to me, I look back at that seed. I look back at me putting everything I had to sow it into my future by faith, knowing that God was going to do something. I sowed where I believe God was calling me, mm. and it chased me down. I don't know who needs to hear that. Like A lot of times we feel like we have to chase after the promises of God. Mm. When you walk by faith, it will chase you down. Mm. You are attracting what God is calling you to mm. as you walk by faith. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, yes, I, and I think what you said, the, 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 the caveat that you put that on is, is so important because I think a lot of people can get in the, in the idea of, well, now God owes me something. Hmm. And I think what it's more like is like, at the end of the day, God mm. just wants your heart. And, and, and it's, it's like my son who's four and you have like a thousand kids. You get this. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, I want to give my son good, good things, but it would be unloving for me to give my son things that I know aren't good for him. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of, oh, I'm going to sow seed, I'm going to do this so that, because God owes me, it was never because God owed you. Mm -hmm. Faith in God isn't, oh, God owes you. It's that I, David, right? David's mm -hmm. throughout scripture, the, the guy that kind of were, you know, the man after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. And what was that? It was just pure trust. It wasn't David was trying to get something from him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think there's yeah. a verse that I think it's um, really applicable. It's Psalm 44. It says, Blessed is the one, blessed, mm -hmm. blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, mm. who does not look to the proud, to those who turn aside to false gods. So really, mm. to me, trusting in the Lord is there's a million and a half false gods. It doesn't have to be Baal and Moloch anymore. It can be yeah. pride. It can be fame. It can be money. Come on. Mm -hmm. And so it, it's not that I'm doing this for the blessing. It's that I'm putting my faith in God because he's faithfulness. He's worthy of my trust. Yeah. And I have trust in him. That is faith to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so I think one of the questions is, and I love this from an apologetic standpoint, and we're going to get to it a little early because I, I think it's one of my favorite conversation points. And I think one of the most misunderstood things about faith, the difference between biblical faith and blind faith. Because mm. people will say, oh, you're one of them Christians. You just have blind faith. You just, mm. you just kind of willy-nilly go out there. And I think, you know, well, first we can talk about what that means. But mm. when you and I went to Israel, though, the thing that's kind of disarming about going to Israel is you see how real it is. Yes, sir. How truthful it is. Absolutely. Now when I go over there, I mean, 150 years ago, 200 years ago, someone could say, this is all one big fairy tale. And you'd be like, well, I, I don't think it is. 
like prove to me this isn't Hansel and Gretel and the Three Little Bears. It's like, well, I, I really believe that it isn't, but valid point, critic person. Right. But now when you go over there, it's like everything, like all the people and the places described in the Bible are real. Yes, sir. Testifiable. David, Hezekiah, Solomon, Pontius Pilate. These are these are real people, real places. And so to me, it's like the, the difference between blind faith and biblical faith is there's a massive chasm. Because if mm. if if the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, if the story of Jesus wasn't true, if he didn't rise from the dead, I wouldn't be a Christian. Yeah. But it is true. So I'm going to go back to that whole blind faith thing in a second. But for mm. I, I want to get your thoughts on this. What impact did... Israel have on your faith? Oh my goodness. It it's like you spend so many years reading the Bible, but when you go to where the Bible actually happened, you get to see the places, you get to go to the garden, you get to witness the tomb and Bethlehem and all of these things. Not that the Bible wasn't real to me before, but you get to see it in 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 real time, the places that's mentioned. So for me, it's like it added picture to the scripture. Mm. You know what I mean? Added a picture to it. So now when I read the Bible, it's like, oh, I was standing there. I was there. So I had belief and faith before, but now it bulked it up. Like, no, I don't care what you tell me. I stood there. I walked where Jesus walked. I've seen the old palaces. I've I've witnessed the Jews and, and even how they worship today and how that was all birthed out of biblical times. I was there. And so to me, it changed everything about my faith. And it strengthened it in a lot of ways. Was there one thing in particular? Oh, one. Ooh, or Jesus. two. <laughs> Jesus. You know, to me, the most impactful moment or place that we went was the tomb. Mm. The tomb. Not not necessarily the fancy one. The Church of the Sepulchre. So to, so to give some background, right, there's, right, there's right, basically right. two places that people think that might be the death, the location of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. One is the Church of Holy Sepulchre. It's been around for 1,800 years. It's it's very ornate. Mm-hmm. And then some people are like, well, could it potentially be this other place called the Garden Tomb, which fits a lot of the descriptions? Mm-hmm. Bible says Jesus was crucified outside the city walls. Both the Garden Tomb and the Church of Holy Sepulchre were outside the city walls at the, at the time of the death of Jesus. And so a lot of people are starting to wonder, could it be here? There's a there's a huge debate. We won't get into it, mm-hmm. but that's what you're alluding to. Yes, yes. And so I'm not here to say, you know, which one he was actually in, but I know what I felt at at the other one. The garden tomb. The garden tomb. Not only did did we go to the tomb, but we got a chance to worship in I think the chapel mm-hmm. or whatever that was and have communion. To me, I've never in my life felt the presence of God like that before. It's as if he was walking amongst us. You know what I mean? And to put, like I said, a picture to the scripture, like Jesus was here. Like every every bit of maybe this isn't rem- Maybe this isn't real. All of that left me. Mm. It's like, no, I'm 1,000% convinced. I felt it, and I, I seen the tomb. So to me, I don't care what anybody tries to debate with me. I, I know it. I know it in my heart mm. that this is where Jesus was, mm. you know, and this is mm. this is his story. 
Well, to go back to the idea of blind faith versus biblical faith, if you're watching this and you're a skeptic, um, you're in good company. Um, that's kind of why we started this channel is because we want to answer those tough questions. Yeah. And to me, your doubt and your skepticism are welcome here because mm. uh, I don't think God's Sorry. scared of your questions. And I, I know you might almost be a little defensive, like, oh, this is just that faith stuff. This is Disney. This is hocus pocus. And it's like, you're, you're, you're watching this video for a reason. Yes. And I just want to encourage you that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob keeps his promises. You know, people, people ask me, you've been to Israel over 30 times. Like, what's, what have you, what, what have you learned? I'm like, well, I know, even though I know a lot more about the geopolitical stuff, I feel like I know less because it's just, it's so overwhelmingly complicated. Mm -hmm. Um, is it about, you know, hummus or you know, whatever oh, wow. it might be. Yes. Come on. But <laughs> if there's one thing that I can say that having been to Israel over 30 times is that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mm. he keeps his promises and he keeps his covenant. So if you read something in Deuteronomy or Isaiah or Ezekiel or Jeremiah or the Psalms, it's going to come true. And what I love is, again, if, if you're one of those, this faith thing, come on. Um, Let's look at the book of Isaiah. Let's look at one thing in the book of Isaiah. So the book of Isaiah, you would say, oh, well, that's been changed. It's been altered so many times, which was a valid argument until the mid-1940s when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And basically, mm -hmm. he hear, hear me out. The Bible, at least the Old Testament, basically, certifiably, scientifically, has not changed in at least 2,000 years. So they found a complete copy of the book of Isaiah in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls predate even the birth of Jesus, Yeshua of Nazareth. So Isaiah is 700 BC, 700 years before Jesus, this was written. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea <clears throat> beyond the Jordan. So where is Zebulun and Naphtali? If you look at the map behind me, that's exactly where the ministry of Jesus happened. Zebulun and Naphtali, Nazareth, the Galilee, it's, yeah. it's all right there. And then the, the verse after that, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Mm. Jesus fulfills over and over. He could have said, in the land of Benjamin and Ephraim and Dan. No, he said the land of Zebulun and of Tali, exactly where the ministry of Jesus happened. And then to clarify, a few verses down, it says, okay, let me, let me, let me be very specific. Again, this was written 700 years before the birth of Jesus. Mm. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. Mm. And the government will be on his shoulders. Mm. We measure time by what? The birth of this guy, right? Yeah. It's 2023. Yeah. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And here we are in Orange County talking about this Yeshua of Nazareth guy. Man. In prophecy that was written seven, almost a millennia before the birth of Jesus. I could go down the list. My friend, when the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob makes a promise, makes a covenant, he will keep it. Our faith mm. isn't some mm. hopeful wish. I'm not grabbing Tinkerbell to, to you know, get pixie dust. Come on. This is historic fact. In fact, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, like the, the one disconcerting thing about going to Israel is it's no longer a matter of faith. Mm. It's like, I know this happened historically. Yeah. There, all these people were real. Jesus, even skeptics, 
will say there was a man named Jesus, mm -hmm. he was crucified, and his followers believe they saw him risen from the dead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. These are all historic <laughs> facts now at this point. So it's almost not even... The only faith compartment now for me is like, okay, I can choose to reject this truth. That gaping hole that you might be feeling in, in, your, in the middle of your soul, it's not meant to be filled up with meditation or with substance abuse or with busyness or with fame or with pride. It's with the truth. Yes, sir. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yes, sir. I could I could go on, but oh, bro, you're you're a preacher. <laughs> I love it. So why why do you think the, the the Bible is so obsessed with faith? Well, if you look in the scriptures, it says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." And so if if we're going to please Him, I think it'll push us to operate in faith as much as we can. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Some of these faith stories is mind blowing. Like when he when he told Abraham, "Go into a <laughs> land that I I will show you." Yeah. But he didn't show him when he said it. Yeah. It's like, go and I'll show you. Yeah. You know what kind of faith you need yep. for God to say, hey, go move east. I'll show you where to go. Mm -hmm. Like you packing up. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, wifey. Mm -hmm. Okay, kids. We're packing up. We're going east. Mm -hmm. Where, daddy? God will show us. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, I mean, I, I trust God. God said yeah. he'll show us. So, what so about the, uh, the mortgage interest rates? They're going to be crazy. When we get there. <laughs> <laughs> so he'll show us. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like how many people are stuck at point A because they don't believe that God will show them. Come on. How many people are stuck where they are because they don't believe that God will come through the way that he said that he will? Yep. You know, through my journey of operating by faith, mm. I've seen that God is not a liar. Come on. That God is a truth teller. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't, listen, I don't know who's listening to this, but if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to do something, God wouldn't lead you to do it if he's not going to come through for you. Mm. Trust and believe that he will, and you watch the land he will show you. Yep. And I think the, 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 one of the things that people might get held up on is, well, he's not answering it when I want it, oh, how I want on. it. And if you come look, on. go back to Hebrews 11, you can just read it for yourself. It's like the whole faith chapter of the Bible. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch. By faith, Noah. I mean, the whole thing is by faith, Abraham. By faith, Isaac. By faith, Jacob. But if, you, if, if you're in the... In the church world at all, you'll know this chapter. But what I think is really interesting is if you read verse 39, these were all, their faith was all commended for their faith. They were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what they, what had been promised mm -hmm. since God had planned something better for us so that only, so only together with us would they be made perfect. So I think what's really interesting is just because God didn't answer your prayers the way you thought he would mm. when he thought he you would do so. Mm. That doesn't mean that he's not faithful. That means uh, he's a loving God. Come on. Dude, if my if my prayers would have been answered, bro. Oh gosh. <laughs> be, a, be a train wreck, bro. Oh gosh. I'm so glad you brought this up because back in 2012, um somebody spoke over me in a church service and said, God names you Miles because you his music is going to come out of you like Miles Davis, and he's going to send you all over the world. You're going to be a Christian artist for him, and he's going to make your name great in X, Y, and Z. And so when they told me that, I believed it by faith, and I thought it was going to happen immediately. Mm. I went back to the movie theater where I was working at with a little broom, sweeping up the popcorn, like, I'm not going to be here for long, y'all. <laughs> I'm about to be out of here soon, y'all. And 
I started quitting jobs and like, no, God is going to exalt me. He's going to send me to the nations and all of this. And I was unhappy in this season that I was in because I put a timetable on what God told me. Mm. But God never instructed me to put a timetable on it. He 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 wanted me to just trust and believe that he knew what was best. Mm. And me not knowing that where I was was actually training me and preparing me for where I was going. Mm. I think a lot of times we're so focused on the destination and what God said, and we're mm. focused on the future that we neglect what God is doing now. Mm. And so me working at a bank and working at a movie theater uh, prepared me on how to talk to people and how to communicate with different types of people, how to serve others and all that kind of stuff. And so God, I don't know who this is for, but God may have you where you are to train you for where you're going. That also trained me on how to be a youth pastor. When you work at a bank, you got to talk to everybody about all kind of intimate stuff. And when you're pastoring, what do you think you got to do? You know, so maybe where you are is priming you and sharpening you for you to step into what God has for you. And don't be so focused on the time. I was borderline depressed. Like, God, is it going to be now? Is it going to be now? Is it going to be next week? Can you just tell me what time it is? I even made a whole album about it called The Glimpse. In 2015, because God gave me a glimpse, like, in my dreams, like, whatever, where I was going to go. And I was just obsessing over it. But it wasn't, un- okay, I don't know who needs to hear this. It wasn't until I said, God, I'm done rushing you. I'm going to start trusting you. I'm going to take this job at this credit union. I'm going to serve you with this job. I'm going to serve my family. I'm going to be present. I'm going to be active. And if you want to make me full-time ministry, full-time music. If you want to send me across the world, you could do it whenever you want to, Raj. After I prayed that prayer, I was working, and then the music started working. I'm going to work, but this is working. And it's like, I'm here, but it's starting to go crazy over here. And I'm like, God, I told you I wasn't going to quit, but it's looking looking kind (laughs) of empty right now. And then Raj, one day, this was conflicting with, with the job, the music conflicting with the job. And I'm like, God, I don't want to rush you. I don't want to quit and go into this like I did before. I want to operate with real faith and trust you in the timing and everything. And so my wife and I, Tina, were praying one night about this, tears in our eyes, like, God, what should we do? And then the next day I go into work and they fired me. And they fired me. And so at first I'm like, yo, what if this is God, you know? And my wife was like, it better be God. What do you mean you hope this is God? It better be God. (laughs) But then, Raj, immediately after I got fired, the windows of heaven opened over my life and everything God spoke over me, every every promise, every prophecy, every every dream that I had, it started to unfold immediately. And it was birthed out of me trusting Mm -hmm. God's timing, mm-hmm. trusting God instead of rushing God. I spent mm-hmm. so many years trying to rush him. What if I delayed my destiny because I was rushing him? I was aborting the process. I was focused on the microwave blessing and neglecting the slow cooker, the oven blessing. Because how many of us know you can microwave some, but it's not going to hit as hard as when you oven slow cook that thing, that chicken you get. Because when you put something in the microwave, there could be certain parts of it that's still cold. That's not fully warm. Oof. That's not fully cooked. I don't want to come out incomplete. I want to come out fully ready to serve, fully ready to bless. You know what I'm saying? Like, song in there, man. I don't know microwave. 
Let's go. I want a microwave blessing. And so I was able to step into the full, the, 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 the full cooked blessing yeah. by me trusting him, not rushing him, and just letting, letting faith letting faith work, you know, and let, letting patience have its perfect work as mm. well. You know, real faith is not impatient. Mm. Real faith is saying, God, whenever you want to do it, I'm going to let you do it. And while you're working behind the scenes, I'm going to be content where I am. Mm. Mm. And I also think faith can be one of the braver things that we do, right? Mm -hmm. the, the, the world's telling us to do all these things, and we feel that this backlash coming. I, I think it's going to get more intense as the years go on. But to me, my favorite, I, yeah, my favorite story in the whole Bible comes from the book of Daniel, mm. and it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm. Think about this. Think about this. God's people were in Babylon. Yeah. Kneel before me, Nebuchadnezzar says, and everyone does, but three dudes. If those three dudes just get on the floor, save their own neck, are we here? Are we filming this? Man. And but the result of their faith was to get thrown in a fire. Come on, come on. But if you read, I almost want to open it up, but it'll take me a second to find it. They're thrown into the fire for their faith. Mm -hmm. But there was a fourth in the fire. Mm. Mm. So if you're in the fire, mm. if this doesn't make any sense, the name of Yeshua, the name of God is they will call him Emmanuel. Mm. And Emmanuel means God with us. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Doesn't mean doesn't mean God is on your team. Emmanuel doesn't mean God is your biggest cheerleader. It means God is with you. Mm. So whatever you're going through, even if you're in the fire right now, there is another in the fire. Praise God, bro. And when they left the fire, they, no one was even touched. And yet here we are, 2,600 years later, talking about the faith of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And from their faith comes Yeshua of Nazareth when the Jewish people return back to their land. Mm. And Yeshua of Nazareth saved our soul. And yet he was on a cross. I, I Come on, come on. <laughs> that should have been the end of the story. But whenever I'm at the Garden Tomb too, man, to think that he just burst through that oh stone wall. Oh, my God. And when he's up on that cross, he's saying, Miles, you, you're worth it. And even if you've rebelled against that faith, even if you've, in a lot of ways, put him up on that cross, because I sure know I did, he looks down and says, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We serve a God who's not only worthy of our trust, mm. but he's good. He's a good, good father. Come on. Yeah. He's loving. And love isn't like, isn't like a, hey, have candy. Like real love. Mm. Like sacrificial love. Mm. So the, the reason that I have faith is, yes, he is worthy of my trust. He is, he is faithful. But he's also good. Read the Gospel of John and, and try not to fall in love with this Yeshua of Nazareth. Miles, I love you so much. I I, uh, I am so stoked to see where your career goes. Um, but let's let's end it with this. Let's say someone's watching, mm. and let's let's say some kid comes up to you in a concert, and they're like, "Man, I I don't know, Miles. I'm struggle bus. Mm. I don't know about faith, bro. All I know is I love your music, man. Mm. Tell me something. Mm. 
I would say, taste and see that the Lord is good. It is is so life is so much more fulfilling when you know that you're living to live again. I've never met anyone that tasted the goodness of God and didn't crave his presence afterwards. Let me tell you something. God has such a plan for your life that the world cannot fulfill for you. What God has for you, only you he's the only one you could go to to get it. That void that you fill, it's a God-sized void that only he can fill for you. Drugs can't fill it. Sex can't fill it. Going to the club, going to the parties can't fill it. So young man, young person, where whoever, wherever you are, just know God is for you. God is for you. And he has a plan that will unfold for you. And as the scripture says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Mm. Love you, man. Love you, bro. Thanks for coming on. Yes, bro. sir. <laughs>